Um, I want to give my, my greetings to all of you. Welcome to Faith Church. It's, a, it's always an honor and a privilege to be in the house of, of the Lord. And I know you all feel the same way. Um, thank God for seeing you. I'm always encouraged and, and blessed when I see um, uh, people come into the space that I know you're pressing your way. I know you're pushing. I know you've, you're dealing with challenges. I read your post on Facebook. I read, I, I see you in the hallways when you're dropping your kids off. And, and to know that you are pressing your way and making your way to the house of the Lord because you have a, a devotion to God. I'm encouraged by that. And I hope you are as well. Hallelujah. Well, let's take our Bibles. Um, it's our declaration every Every week that we do, anyone need a Bible, raise your hand, we'll get one to you. Okay, let's raise it up real high and make our declaration. Here we go. This is my Bible. It is my primary source of spiritual nourishment. I will read it every day and become all God wants me to be. My mind will be renewed. My life will be transformed. I will become fully surrendered to Christ. Therefore, I will hide his word in my heart so I can be all God has destined me to be. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to echo again, uh, I believe this was a few days ago, it was Pastor Frank's birthday. Amen. And God is just uh, blessing, blessing him and... Um, uh, we're so grateful. I'm, I know you all feel the same way too, but I'm just so blessed and grateful to have him as our senior pastor, our lead pastor. And so I hope you got a chance to, to wish him happy birthday and, and to share um, your appreciation for, for him. I, I don't I don't feel comfortable sharing the elderly's age, and so I won't um, I won't I won't tell you his age, but I'll tell you. Let's let's go to First uh, Corinthians chapter fifty one, <laughs> verse. Verse, no, I read that wrong. It's not, it's not 51. Um, it's, it's chapter 6. I'm sorry. First Corinthians, I got that. I'm sorry. First Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, and I don't feel comfortable. That's not my place. I just want to honor him. First Corinthians chapter 6. I'll read at verse 9. It says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extraordinary. I, I practiced this word last night. Extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. And such were some of you. But you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Anybody glad you've been sanctified and justified? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your word that it does not return void. Um, I decrease now 
and let you increase in me, Father. None of me, all of you. We invite the Holy Spirit in to be the great teacher this morning. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, Today, I want to just kind of, just for a few, few moments, um, talk about um, being sanctified. Right? We we don't really we don't talk about that a whole whole lot anymore. It's it's a lot of theological debate and conversation about this this topic, and so uh, I'm not one to 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 uh, to get into arguments around these types of issues. Um, I've I've most of you guys know I'm a musician, and most of my ministry before I stepped into this, this sort of pastoral role was around music ministry. And I've played and sang at just about every denomination that you could think of. I've been AME, I've been Kojic, I've been BFE, I've been Baptist, I've been uh, Assemblies of God, I've been all, I've been Second Baptist, First Baptist, Fifteenth Baptist, I've been Pentecostal, I've been all of those things. And, and you hear different theological uh, um, approaches to the scriptures. But one of the things that I that I feel comfortable with most of the time in the spaces where I've been in is Jesus crucified, buried and resurrected. Jesus crucified, buried and resurrected. All the other things, I just trust the Holy Spirit in you to lead you to truth. I trust that I'm not going to get into all of the other. I I dated a girl one time and and. um, uh, she potentially could have been Mrs. Julian. I dated her, and 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 she was a specific denomination where where they believed something that I didn't. All right, they believed in being baptized one way. At the time, I believed in being baptized in a different way. Semantics. You know, being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ versus being baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we were dating. And I said, well, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it's time for us to go to the next level. She said, well, you don't believe in being baptized in, in this particular way. I said, hold on. Wait a minute. We've been dating all these, all these months. And now you're telling me that because I don't believe in being baptized in a particular way, that you might not be able to, you know, be in a real serious relationship with me. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that I'm a Christian? She says, no. I said, well, what have we been doing all this time? What have we been doing all this time? And so, and so thanks be to God, I, I married my wife and all that, all that grace of God worked it all out for my good, amen. But, but, but I'm not going to let... Theological tension shy us away from the conversation around sanctification. Because there's a real message and a real responsibility that we have as believers around being sanctified. You know, recently I've been shopping for, for, for homeowners insurance. And shopping, and 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 I've gotten several different quotes, several different several different things, and and one of the things that they always do, 
when they were preparing to give you a quote, they ask you a question. They say, who's your auto insurance with? Who's your, who's your motorcycle insurance with? Who's your, who's your health insurance with? Because if we bundle it, we can save you some money. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They, they, they're always talking about bundling a package. Let's bundle your auto with your home. Let's bundle your motorcycle with your health. Let's bundle this with that. Let's, let's, let's create a package deal. And salvation kind of works in this similar fashion. When you get saved, automatically you are enrolled in a bundle package. Salvation gets bundled with sanctification and justification. I'm saved, and because I'm saved, I have now received justification. I have received sanctification. Now, salvation, obviously, we know that term. We talk, we, we talk about it all the time. Salvation is being saved from the consequence of your sin, right? Being saved for, from the consequence of sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans uh, uh, 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So, so, so we know what salvation is, and that gift comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Romans 6, 23. So salvation, and now at the point of having our sins forgiven, we receive justification. Justification is being acquitted from sin and given the status, the positional status of righteousness. In other words, you're not guilty. The judge and the juror says you're not guilty. Romans 4.24 says, it shall be imputed or credited to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification, our acquittal absolving us of all sin before God, you're justified. Salvation, justification is bundled with sanctification. Sanctification is the, watch this, it is the evolution of reflecting the image of Christ in conduct and in character. It is the evolution or the, 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 the process of reflecting the image of Christ in both conduct and in character. Now, now the root word of sanctification is the word sanctify. When I was growing up in, 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 my, in my tradition, we have this thing called testimony service. And, and we get up there and say, my name is you know, Brother Ronald Julian, and I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost, filled, fire, baptized. Sanctified. The root word for sanctified, which literally means to set apart for a specific use. 
to set apart for a specific use. Sanctify, sanctification, sanctification, the suffix ation, sanctify, sanctification is connected to a process. So sanctification is the process of being set apart. Anybody going through a process? The process of being set apart. Now, now the three are bundled, but don't get it twisted. They are not the same. But they work in harmony and are equally important in your life. They're equally important in the life of the believer. For the sake of time, I won't, I won't dive into the deeper truths of the three, but I, but I think it's important for you to understand a couple of things. Number one, being justified is strictly a God thing. Only God can justify you. Only God can acquit you of your sin. It's nothing you do. At the point of belief, I'm now saved. Heaven says, you know what? He's not guilty. I don't see her sin. I see Jesus. I don't see his, I don't see his bad decision. I see Jesus. I see the cross. Justification is strictly a God thing. God declares that you are justified. Now you are seen as righteous because justice has been served on your behalf through the finished work of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. On the other hand, though, sanctification is a partnership between you and heaven. It's a partnership. When God justified you, he also sanctified you. First Corinthians 6.11 says, you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord. So the question is, do I have a responsibility in the process of sanctification? Do you have a responsibility? I think oftentimes as Christians, we have become so lackadaisical in our responsibility of the transaction of salvation. I've been saved, I've been sanctified, I've been justified, and so now I'm heaven bound. So now we feel like there's this, this, sort, of a, this sort of a middle ground where I get to do what I want to do. My name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Grace is sufficient. Mercy is always there. Angels around me, they're protecting me. I'm going to live my life how I want to live it because God's grace is sufficient. And then when I get to the pearly gates, my name's in the book right there. It's right there. See, it's right under Rochelle. It's right there. Don't trip now. Don't trip, angels. Don't trip. I remember when I said what I said about Jesus being the Lord of my life and saving me from my sins. Don't trip now. And God says, no, don't work like that. Don't work like that. You've got a responsibility in a, in a role because God says, I, I, I need you to do something here in the earth. And gonna, let's talk about that for a second. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, 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 um, Galatians 5 tells us to walk by the spirit, to live by the spirit, to keep in step with the spirit. 
to walk by the Spirit, to live by the Spirit, and to keep up with the Spirit. It's important to walk by the Spirit so I'm not creating my own lane. It's important to live by the Spirit because I don't represent me anymore, I represent him. And it's important to keep, keep up with the spirit because when he says it's time to move, I got to be ready to move. Salvation requires belief. Sanctification requires death. Salvation requires belief. Sanctification requires death. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So in other words, when you, when you die... Your will dies too. (laughs) When you die, you're giving up your right to prioritize what you believe is important. Because I'm dying, I'm I'm dead. Another word for for, for dying in this context is submitting, totally submitting. A lot of marriages struggle today because we don't totally submit to one another. Can you imagine if we totally submitted to one another? Say, you know what, I don't have no ego in this thing. I just, I just want, to, I want you to be happy. I know you want me to be happy. And so let's just, let's just, let's just, let's submit to one another. Totally die to myself. What makes your marriage difficult what makes, make, makes any covenant partnership difficult is a lack or an unwillingness for somebody, if not both parties, to fully die to themselves. You don't have to say amen. It's all right. I know it's true. <laughs> Salvation requires belief, but sanctification requires death. Now watch this. Justification is God's gift to me. I didn't deserve the not guilty verdict. You didn't deserve the not guilty verdict. I don't know what you did, but I know you didn't deserve not guilty. I don't know what, you char- what you've been charged for, but I know it deserves death. Justification is God's gift to me. Watch this. Sanctification is my gift to God. I'm choosing to die every day. Every day I'm making the choice that it's no longer me who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. But I got to make that choice every day. Because there's always an opportunity to go back to the old me. Always. (laughs) 
Always. There's always an opportunity to go back to who I was. No matter how destructive the outcome, I'm always, if I'm not careful, I'm always bent to go back to who I used to be. But why is it so important for us to be sanctified or separated or set apart or holy? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Why is it important? Why does, the, why does the, the, the scripture and the word of God and God emphasize and reemphasize the importance of being separated or you being set apart? I'll give you three things to consider. Number one, to establish his kingdom here on the earth. To establish his kingdom here in the earth. First Peter chapter two, verse nine, we all know this. It says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you've been separated because God needs to establish his kingdom in the earth. And that, that, that kingdom being established doesn't necessarily mean after the rapture and after we go up and have the big feast, you know, then we come down and new heaven, new earth. No, right now, God wants to establish his kingdom in the earth. And you can't establish his kingdom if you haven't fully committed to the culture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10 says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth. As it is in heaven. So we have the responsibility, those of us who are saved and justified by faith, we have a responsibility to start the process and to finish the process, what Jesus started, of establishing his kingdom here in the earth. So you've got to know every kingdom has a king. Every kingdom has a king. And in a kingdom, there's no democracy. The king dictates what the priorities of the kingdom are. And so when we say we are sanctified, we are just, we're sanctified, we are dying to ourselves, we're dying to our democratic ways. We're dying to the, to the need to debate and talk about it. We're dying to the need to compromise. And come, can you meet me halfway, God? Nope, I'm the king. I'm the king. This is what we're doing. To establish his kingdom. Number two, to establish, watch this, credibility in the earth. To establish credibility in the earth. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good work and glorify your father in heaven. Credibility. 
You said you're saved. You said God forgave you. You said you're not the same person. You said you're dead to yourself. Prove it. Prove it. That's the world saying, prove it to me. That a wonderful change has come over you. Prove it. My mom, I love her. I, I say this all the time. If she ain't going to heaven, nobody got a chance. My mom, she, 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 she has never said a curse word in her life. She has never had a, 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 a not even an ounce. We went to, we went to a, a restaurant one time and she got some penny ala vodka. She's like, is there, is there real vodka in this? She said, take it back. That's who my mom is. And, 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 uh, uh I forgot my point of saying that even. I, I gotta come back to it now. I, just, I miss my mom, yo. That's what my point is. I miss her. Oh, that's what it was. Thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> so my mom works at a hospital down in Louisiana. And, uh, you know, they, they have holiday parties and they have different events and so on and so forth. They go out for, for happy hour or lunch or dinner. These, these different things, the co-workers, team building activities and all those different things. And, you know, the ladies are drinking, they're cursing, they're talking about men, they're talking, you know, in, in unproductive ways, let's put it that way, you know. My mom just kind of sits there, she eats her, her food, her, you know, catfish, um, and, you know, her red beans and rice, and she just, you know, she enjoys her time, you know. And, 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 and the, the ladies give her a hard time. Miss, Miss, Miss Julian, Miss, you know, Miss D, you don't do nothing. Do you ever have fun? Do you ever go out? She's like, yeah, I have fun all the time. You know, so they, so they tease her all the time. But here's the deal. The moment trouble hits, who they calling to come pray for them? Mama D, Mama D, can you, can you pray for me, please? I just, this is going on in my life. Yeah, I'm going to pray for you. I got you. Credibility. Do you have credibility with the folks that, live, that, that see you every day? Do you have credibility? Can God trust you with power, with authority in the earth? Do you have credibility with those you come in contact with? You need the credibility so when you talk about uh, sharing the gospel and inviting your friends to church, they see a different person and they want what you have. Are you attractive to the world? Do you walk around? Do people see peace when they see you? Do people see joy unspeakable full of glory when they see you? Or are they turned off? You you always sad. Why would I want what you have? You always cursing. Why would I want what you have? Let's bring it home. Do you have credibility with your children about the gospel? Because guess what? Children are going to tell the story. I'm always getting, getting fun reminders that my kids don't know how to keep secrets. From teachers and friends. My son is spending the night right now at his best friend's house, and I'm so worried what he's gonna tell. Um, I'm so worried about what he's gonna share, what secrets he's gonna share. But they don't have the filters. They'll tell you right away. Yeah, my dad'll be up here preaching, but he cursed like a sailor at home. Do you have credibility with the people you're in contact with? So one, to establish the kingdom. Two, credibility. Three, watch this, to establish his culture. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world. That's culture. Don't take on the culture of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Every kingdom has a culture. And our responsibility is to establish the culture of the kingdom in the earth. Let me, let me share something with you really quickly. You don't need legislation to establish the kingdom. You don't need your president to be in the office to establish the kingdom. Because as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. I don't care if it's a white house, a rainbow house, a blue house, a green house. It's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Whatever it costs. If it costs me my life. Because I've seen him do too many, his presence in my life, his presence in my family's life, him keeping my family. I know too much about him to turn my back on him. I say, you call it a fairy tale. You call it a myth. You call it mythology, but I call him the prince of peace. I call him the king of kings and the lord of lords. And I'm going to allow him to my last breath to order my steps. But there's a tension there, right? There's a tension because, the, this, again, sanctification is the process of allowing that to happen. There's a tension there. If you're a believer, if you're a believer, you wrestle with the tension of that. Because it seems to be so much easier to do it my way. It's not easier. It's just more familiar. And God says this. If you do this enough, if you if you if you follow this culture enough, this will become more convenient for you. This will become easier for you. It'll be easier for you to speak life and, and, and not death. If you rehearse this. It'll be easier for you to hear from heaven if you rehearse this and not listen to your friends all the time and what their opinions are and what they think you should do about your marriage and what they think you should do about your business and what they think. Have you, do you know the frequency of heaven? Are you rehearsing hearing God's voice first? Are you rehearsing that? So it's the process. That's why it's so great that God justified you because God says, here, I'm going to bring you here. Uh, I'm going to put you on the team without seeing your tryout. I'm going to put you on the team. You don't have to, you don't, you don't have to send no audition tape in. You don't have to send a uh, highlight reel in. You're on the team. Justified. So justified means God sees you as sanctified. He sees you as holy. (laughs) He sees you as holy. So now the journey is learning how to swing the bat. 
That's the journey. Learning how to swing the bat so when it's, so I'm not just on the team, but now I can be in the game. Are you hearing me? See, some of us are, we, we, we're, we're on the team, but you're, you're sitting on the bench. And not because God doesn't want you in the game, but because of an unwillingness to yield to God. And God says, you know what? I got all the time in the world. I got eternity. But no matter what, you're on the team. Now, and I got to be a little prideful right now. When I was when I was younger, I was never on the bench. I was never. I was always in the game. I was always in the game. No matter what I played, I was always in the game. Um. Unfortunately, all my highlight reels got destroyed in Hurricane Katrina, so I don't have any real visible proof for you. But I've got witnesses. My mom will tell you, she, she, will, she will attest that I was always in the game. But I had a few friends I felt sorry for because they rolled the bench all season. They rolled the bench all season. And it was one guy in particular. He rolled the bench and he was satisfied being on the bench. He says, I just, I just want to hang out with the team. And that's what some of us are doing. God is saying, I need you to get in the game. But you're comfortable just hanging out with the team. I just come to church on Sunday, do my 90 minutes. Uh, well, you know, my, 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 my TV show's not on today, so I guess I'll go to Bible study on Wednesday night. You're just, you're just comfortable because you want to make sure, when I, when I take my last breath on this side... Is my name on the book? But God says, wait a minute, hold on. That's cool if you want to do that, but you're missing out on so much. There's so much, so, so much prosperity that I want you to experience right now. And so I want to encourage you today. Don't you to temptation. But yield to the voice of God in your life. Don't yield to your will. Don't pick your will back up. Because I promise you, I promise you, me and my wife talk about this all the time. Um, when we, when we, we, got, we met in uh, January of 2011, we were married in April of 2012. Everybody thought we were crazy. They thought, they thought I got her pregnant. They were like, why y'all getting married so fast? Y'all don't even know each other. Y'all live in separate states. Y'all met one time, and now y'all talking about getting married. And I said, well, you know, and I invited people to vet it. I invited people to ask the questions. Because if it's of God, it'll stand. It'll last. It'll withstand the vetting. It'll withstand the criticism. It'll withstand the gossiping. It'll withstand all of that thing. So I said, so I told her, I said, our job is to enjoy the ride. Enjoy the journey. But in order to enjoy the ride, you know, when you go on a roller coaster, I'm, I'm older now, so roller coasters don't excite me like they used to. My kids are getting to the age now where they want to go to theme parks and, and my son wants to go on rides together. And I'm like, I'm God, God, give me the courage again. <laughs> you know, you watch so many videos on YouTube and of tragic things happening. So give me the, give me the courage and the grace, God. But one of the things that I remember back when I used to ride rides all the time, they put that thing on your, that, that the harness on you, you click, 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 and it locks. And I remember and going up that steep, steep, steep incline. 
And there's always some reckless person saying, put your hands up, put your hands up. But instinctively, I want to hold on to the rail, instinctively. But one time, I decided to put my hands up too. And the thrill of that ride was unmatched when I trusted that the harness had me. When you trust that God's got you, you can throw your hands up and enjoy the ride. Let's stand to our feet. Come on. I hope that the Lord ministered to you today. You got something out of it and they can go home and kind of chew on this because your victory being destined to win is not in the way that you see it in the way that you envision it. But it's when you totally submit, when you literally die and say, God, you know what? Whatever you want to do, I'm game. I'm down. Lord, we thank you. That not only did you save us, but you justified us. Not only did you justify us, but you sanctified us. And this amazing journey that we get to go on of evolving and transforming to manifest what you've called into our lives, we yield to you totally, Father. We yield to you totally. Because we do want your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth. We do want to have credibility when we, when we profess and testify the name of Jesus. We want to see your goodness. We don't want to be the hurdle from seeing you move in our lives. And I pray for everyone here, Father, that we would live a life where we say it's no longer I, but it's you who live inside of me. And we'll be careful to give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and thank God. I love you guys. Have a great week. Win the week in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you.